Hey everyone. So welcome to You Wouldn't Doubt on a podcast. Today we have kind of a different episode than uh, normal. We have a guest on today. We have uh, Casey, who is one of the people that run uh, Lord by Burger Records on Instagram. Welcome, Casey. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so I will talk a little bit about. Uh, the origin of the account and pretty much what went down involving everything. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. The, like burger records being like being taken out. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, it all happened within five days, but yeah, I'll, it I'll was, start. it was a <laughs> lot of stuff happening in a very short amount of time. And so I'm sure we won't even be able to, to touch all of it. But um, for those who don't know, what burger records was i myself was included i had never heard of this record label by name until uh this news came out so what to to give the people a bit of context if they're not aware what was burger records what were they known for what was their sort of status as a record label for sure um so burger records uh was formed around 2007. I personally started going to shows around age 14, um, which was 2011. And when I started going to shows there, it was only teenagers around me for the most part. It was like a, a music scene primarily, like, honestly, like ran by teenagers. They had teenagers working as interns like doing Mm -hmm. a lot of the work one of my friends was like a press person Mm -hmm. (laughs) as a teenager um it was it was a community like filled with like you know garage rockers teenagers uh some you know some some older men a lot of Mm. a lot of older Mm men honestly um it was like, you know, your tip, your t- typical DIY set as normal because I didn't know what was mm. normal at the time. I didn't, I didn't know that it isn't normal for, you know, older men to, to hit on teenagers. Mm. Right. Like, because, because that was the norm. Mm-hmm. It's so uh, rampant. In, the, in mm-hmm. this scene. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, there, like, for example, when I was in high school, um, I could go to a show where there, there would be 40 ban- Burger Records bands playing mm. in a day. Wow. Damn. So, yeah, they were constant. They would sign anyone. There's even an offshoot label called Wiener Records that was basically like a pay to play situation. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like they would, they would, you could pay them. They would, you know, put out your cassette. You would, you would be associated with Burger Records through this label. Right. And, you know, I feel like they had a deal with most artists where the artists retained the masters. So they weren't technically on Burger Records, even though they had Burger releases, like a lot of the bigger artists. Right. Like, mm-hmm. uh, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, they didn't. Ryan Adams, even early on or whatever. Right. Yeah. They didn't really do contract stuff. So, like, yeah, I mean, there's just countless burger bands. It was it was a whole ass scene. Hmm. Like, I it's hard to like portray it, but I mean, once a week, I at least once a week, I could go to a show. 
right. but at, at least but every night there was something going on at burger records mm-hmm. and kids could go kids could go and drink alcohol and do drugs and there there wasn't any protection or concern for people like me mm. i mean i was a vulnerable teenager i hated my life I mostly stayed in my room and sometimes I would go to shows. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's very universal seeing that's similar to a lot of the stories that have come out. A lot, you know, a lot of the teens feel that like I was a vulnerable teen, you know, like back in the day, like I remember in like 2012, 2013, maybe even 11, I worked at like a record store in Florida and they did a bunch of distribution of record with Burger, and uh, all the people I knew that listened to Burger were like younger, like seventeen or eighteen, you know, that I knew through the record store, like the people that would buy that stuff. And to show how like big Burger became when Record Store Day became a huge thing, then Cassette Store Day through like the uh, the coalition for like independent record stores became a thing, Cassette Store Day and Burger Records was like the main distributor in the face of cassette store day. So they reached every independent record store in the coalition wow. in the country. So it's like, you know, so they, they had, huge, they had a pretty big stake in, in the DIY. A lot of money, scene, a lot right? of, a lot of bands, a okay. lot of like, you know, people backing them because mm-hmm. it supported some other like financial situation you know, a lot of, a lot of involvement in the music industry in general, I'd say. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's the scale of it. Pretty, pretty, it's not just, you know, a garage label with, you know, two random people working there. It's, it's a, it's a lot of, lot of people involved. Um, Mm -hmm. world worldwide. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Global. Um, and had and had as as and I, I wasn't familiar with too many of the acts before, like I said, but uh, some some rather well known acts associated with it as well. In in addition to like the hundreds of smaller uh, you know bands that were involved with it, so sure. yeah, it was very much like I pulled up the Wikipedia page for it or something, or like the Google instant results, and I was like, there's a bajillion bands on yeah. here. And there's like a lot of things that are pretty, even as someone who like, I think I had only really heard of Burger Records specifically through like people kind of making fun of it online for the past couple of years. Um, That was like kind of the main exposure, but like I definitely knew a lot of the bands on there, at least by Mm -hmm. name. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Casey, I was going to say, so now that the listeners who haven't, if, if they're unaware of Burger or what it was or how large it was, uh, where does the story begin forming for you? Uh, you said you went mm-hmm. to a lot of shows and you were involved in the scene from a young age. So you were around all of this. Um, what like led down the path to like forming the Lord by Burger account and everything that's transpired since? Right. Um, so... I have been dealing with like trauma and just symptoms of what has happened to me in my past for my entire life. But I started seeking trauma treatment at 19 um, and basically was able to 
make make sense of what was like cognitively distorted in my past and i started to come to terms with um like the reality of the treatment i was faced with um so it it began with my healing journey honestly um mm-hmm. coming to terms with what happened at burger records and the exploitation um yeah so <laughs> i mean so i was going to burger shows from 14 to probably 18 and then when i was 19 i started doing like mental health treatment trauma treatment and um first started talking to my therapist like about what i was faced with in my experience at burger records Mm -hmm. um i described to him what happened with this person um, named phil who was in a band on burger records called love cough Mm -hmm. and um another label associated with this band is Mm -hmm. called nartapes uh, they were more more closely associated with Nartapes, based out of Portland, Oregon. Um, so I'll, I'll start with my experience with Phil. Um, he he found me online on I believe Instagram. All of these men on Burger, not all of them, but so many of them were in like. Uh, my my friends and I like our social media spaces like Instagram, Tumblr, Facebook. You know they would add us as friends, hit us up in the DMs, um, and that's what happened with Phil. They would see you guys at shows, or you guys post like posts like associated with the bands with hashtags, and they find you through the music or something. Right, or we would like follow bands we enjoy, you know, to mm-hmm. keep up with shows and whatnot um so we we shared this this space you know where we were like posting like you know stuff about being 15 and like just our our normal teenage lives but they they had access to those spaces Mm -hmm. too um yeah so phil was contacting me online we would we would talk about music uh our cats um, even like mental health and um, just like family shit. I mean, I I was in a terribly like traumatic household situation at the time. Um, and he was someone who worked as a mental health counselor in addiction specifically. Um, and mm-hmm. I was personally dealing with addiction in my family and in my household. Um, so I, I respected him and I thought that I, I thought that it was, it was helpful to have like this adult who like seemed like they cared about me in my life when that wasn't something I had access to mm. at the time. Sure. I didn't see it as grooming because I didn't have the foresight or worldview or like psychoeducation to see it as such. I was just being preyed on by a man who was, um, you know, almost like twice my age mm-hmm. who had the psychoeducation and foresight to know that it wasn't okay. Mm. Sure. I mean, young victims, you know, they, uh, 
nobody's expecting that. Like it's up to the responsible adult, especially someone that's educated and makes money from like from this type of thing, like exploiting that information for their own gain. Like obviously like these young children, they're victims because they don't like expect that, you know, it's not an experience they're familiar with. Right. Yeah. I like, I had no intention of like meeting up and getting into my, the back of my car with Phil. Mm. He that's, but that's what ended up happening. So he he knew he was going to be coming down from Portland, Oregon. He contacted me a month or two before, and we stayed in contact for those months. He te- would text me every day. I didn't have anyone to talk to really, but I, you know, we like it was just like he he would also like ask me for like like sexual photos a lot. Um, but to, like my like to me, he was this like person I could talk to. Like our views of the dynamic were obviously very different, and I just I felt so alone. I was so vulnerable, and so he ended up coming down to Fullerton. He was playing a show at Burger Records, um, and he asked me to come down. And I he asked me to park on the other side of the parking lot. It was really dark. I see him like walking across the parking lot. He asked to drive my car. I say no. And he, he, we like are driving somewhere. Um, and he asked me to like pull into this, this neighborhood. And um, yeah, he, he raped me in the back of the car. I was a minor. And um, I, I really cared about him because I, I felt like, there was mutual care because of the grooming. Mm-hmm. I, there, there were really like truly no adults in my life who I felt seen by at the time. And that was like where it stemmed from. Like I wasn't pretty, like I didn't have anyone looking out for me. Um, and I know that's the case for so many other people who are seeking community in their in their neighborhoods or wherever they can um so that i mean that experience and healing from that experience i mean i dealt with so much shame i didn't tell my best friend who i've been best friends with since we were 14 about my experience with phil until years later i was able to unpack it with her and feel angry about what happened and I mean, I've been doing that for years, just like thinking about like the, the way it was set up there, the exploitation, you know, taking teenagers money because they like, they're drawing them in and mm-hmm. mass. Um, so I've been able to like process w- what has happened over the years. And I also met someone else who was lured into the back of Burger Records as a 14 year old. Um, you know, offered beer by one of the owners. And when I, when I talked to them about that, this was a couple years ago now, but it, it, I was able to process like the reality of the situation a little bit more, knowing that this was something that was actually rampant mm-hmm. because I have a friend in, 
in on the other side of the country who was preyed on by the same person I was, who, who like that person found them online. And this, they, you know, they traveled the world. So when I made my statement, I, on my account joint holder about what happened between me and Phil, um, I called out Burger Records because they facilitated the environment that allowed the predation to flourish. Mm-hmm. Right. Like the, it's not just this individual experience every time another person is preyed on. Like it was a culture that was set up to be exploitative. Mm-hmm. And not only that, w- weren't there allegations directly against the two founders of Burger as well? Right. Yeah. Um, yes, definitely. Both of them. Um, so, so not all, yeah, they weren't only <laughs> complicit, but they were actually partaking. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they were luring children into the back of Berg records. They, they knew it. Um, so I made my statement and I didn't make the Lord by burger page until the next day when I felt that I had to, because of the way burger records was responding to specifically me personally. Mm. Mm. Um, it was a really, really crazy couple weeks. I mean, the first week was nuts. I was in full on fight mode. Mm-hmm. Like tr- I was having trauma responses. I was, I was on the Lord by Berg records page, page 18 hours a day. Mm, God. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Exhausting, you know, I can only imagine like how much like emotional work that takes, but also the outpouring from so many people, like you must've felt some sense of like responsibility to. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I felt, I did feel completely responsible. I knew that it was rampant when I started the page because I had a handful of friends who had a similar experience that I did, who I knew personally. So um, I put up my statement on my personal account. Burger Records put up a zero tolerance post. They were being extremely dismissive. They wanted to claim that was it was only these two bands. Mm-hmm. I was on the phone with Sean of Burger Records at one point that like before I even made the page or no, it was after I made the page actually. Um, but I was on the phone with like who became the president, the interim president and the way that they were just trying to co-opt um, like basically a movement to further burger records was clear to me. Mm, I, I am a trauma survivor. I struggle with, hypervigilance like on a very intense level i deal with distrust and i i felt that i was being manipulated by specifically jessa because they wanted to continue the label and like basically like take burger records and make them the front runners of what the music industry could be for survivors like yeah. for like like as means of protection mm-hmm. like i think like i personally think jessa like had a bright idea and 
you know, she sent out all these press releases and it, I mean, obviously it didn't work. Burger crashed the next day, but, um, yeah, I feel like I'm, I'm like veering off. I, I started, I started the, um, the Lord by Burger records pages because I, I was being silenced by Jessa Mm -hmm. comments were being removed. Um, there was dismissiveness. They wanted to say it was just these two bands and leave it at that. Yeah. I was begging for transparency and accountability on the phone with them. Didn't see any of that. I was told we want to help survivors. We want to hear from survivors. We want to work with survivors to figure out a way to make this better and to create a safer environment for people in music. And it just like, to me, it seemed like they wanted to keep burger burger up and running. Right. At any cost. That's what it looks like. Like, you know, that they were going to change their PR image to be pro victim, pro women, pro accountability, but they were still going to keep burger intact with, you know, their catalog selling all their, old band stuff profiting off of it and now profiting off people that think that they're supporting a good movement, even though they're really just supporting the same old abusers, Mm. you know, that's, that's the impression I got just as like a spectator is like, you know, someone that owns a couple like burger one-off cassettes or something, not like a huge fan of any of the bands, but you know, still, like keeping it going even under like a slightly new name with someone that's already been working for them for two years that is like close friends with the current owners who have allegations against them it's just like it's not enough like just end it like it's why rotted, would you even rotted to the core yeah why would mm-hmm. you even try no, to keep it nothing going nothing worth salvaging there for sure like why even keep it going like in any capacity like you know it just furthers some weird like personal agenda over like victims you know yeah Yeah. i feel like this is like it's it's one of those things with all these like burger records any of these like alternative like companies which is essentially what they are like burger records vice complex stuff like that Mm -hmm. what happens is like something comes up where there's like a serious problem with how every part of the organization itself is being like ran yeah mm-hmm. and the result is like you get some like picture post on all their social media accounts in like their company typeface talking about how like they're making a stand you know what i mean it's yeah insane. some junior designer had to throw it yeah. together in illustrator and upload it to their instagram yeah. it's wild so yeah. so you've mentioned um how overwhelmed you were and how just complete adrenaline mode you were and you've also mentioned how you knew it was widespread but you weren't quite sure exactly the 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 scope of it so when you made your statement and in the time between when you made your statement and when you made the account um i'm sure you got an overwhelming amount of feedback from other victims people in the community people who were aware were you even though you knew it was it was widespread and you knew that there are other people out there were you surprised at just how much there was because i couldn't even keep up with everything that was coming out absolutely yeah i had to um 
contact a friend who then contacted a friend to um, have us all help out with the account. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's still hundreds of messages I haven't gotten to. Yeah. Um, I couldn't like, it was so overwhelming mm-hmm. and I, yeah, I mean, I feel like because I was in like full adrenaline mode, like I, I wasn't even able to like process everything. I still haven't been able to, um, yeah. I mean, people were telling me like this, like a very similar dynamic went on in my scene in Texas or on the East coast, or like I'm doing, I'm doing something similar for like this particular DIY scene. There's so many of us who were harmed. Um, so it definitely went beyond bird records, um, just from, from the outpouring of messages from survivors or, you know, people who were involved with the scene. Um, yeah, it, I, I mean, plus I like depleted all of my dopamine, like being on that page. (laughs) Um, it took me days to like just feel like I was myself again. I mean, I, I wasn't eating. I was, I was like, just like, I would wake up and vomit <laughs> Yeah. Um, for days <laughs> um, just because it was so like fucked up, like yeah. no, knowing how rampant it was. And then, and then seeing how Burger Records was responding, I really felt like I couldn't sleep because I was in this battle mode, yeah. knowing, knowing that they were trying to make their sly moves and upkeep this label that was built on predation and exploitation. I felt like what, you know, what was going to come next? What bullshit are they going to try and pull to silence us now? Mm-hmm. So I, I, like I couldn't think about anything else. Um, I w- at one point had to like uh, my partner came to pick me up, and we just like went to go hang out with like a bunch of wild donkeys near me, like just to like decompress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, get away from humanity and see some <laughs> see some pure animals. Yeah, exactly. Sure. <laughs> I saw a baby donkey nursing. Oh my god, it's adorable. It, it felt healing, honestly. Yeah. Um, and then the the next, I, a few days later, I was able to go whale watching because it was my nephew's birthday. And I saw two whales uh-huh. and a shit ton of dolphins and a bunch of baby dolphins. Nice. Hell yeah. That rules. That's awesome. Yeah. It's pretty ideal. Um, oh, yeah. So, like... <laughs> during all that craziness i was at least able to have like moments of like serenity to like yeah. i mean it was so it was so traumatic and re-traumatizing even even at one point on, when i was on the phone with jessa mm-hmm. I, went, I was talking to her for two hours on the phone one day i had a full-blown ptsd attack like i haven't had in years mm-hmm. um just total re-traumatization um, I was shaking, crying. I I couldn't function for a little bit um, because of the state I was I was placed in. Like, just so traumatic. Yeah, and it was I it mean, was for extent very extended period of time. Like how like was it like a how many weeks? 
have you been working on this page? Like that's it's not just mm-hmm. it's not just one event that's traumatizing. It's the whole burn. It's like a burn of of energy for several days in a row. It's it's unbelievable. So many days. Looking at my statistics for my for like my screen time on my phone, mm-hmm. seventeen hours one day, eighteen hours, Man. fifteen hours. Yeah. Um, I felt like I couldn't stop because it like, because the messages wouldn't stop coming in. Yeah. It's bigger than one person can handle. You know, that's, that's just goes to show the size of the problem and how far it reached. You know, think about it. You have these bands. There's so many bands that they don't have like contracts with burgers. So there's like hundreds and hundreds of people that have released things on them. How many members are in each band? How many of them have friends that are around when something bad is happening and could say something, but don't, it's just like it at the end of the day, there's thousands of people that are either complicit or participating in this shit. So think about how many victims there are actually. And then they're all reaching out to you as the sole voice it has to be really yeah, draining. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It is draining. It's yeah. I mean, I, I have basically shut myself out of the account. Um, like I haven't really even been able to talk to any of the publications who are contacting me. Like I, I haven't mm-hmm. called Rolling Stone back yet. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, it's got to be a lot of pressure, you know, to like reply to all these people timely and still take care of yourself, you know? Oh yeah. I've been prioritizing self-care and boundaries, uh, taking time for myself to just recover so I can be in a state to advocate for what's important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we, we appreciate you coming and talking to us. So for sure. <laughs> It's, yeah, so I just just to say, uh, it's much appreciated because that's that's I, I can't even imagine uh, yeah. what that's like. So I'm really glad to be here. I like I prefer talking to you guys over like you know calling up the like news editor at Rolling Stone. Oh my and god! Being like here's yeah. what happened to me. <laughs> also, we see all the fucking time those big fucking companies. They try to they they run the story because it's a the biggest story of the of the day or the week and they, yeah they turn it they into completely clickbait. they try they they make it you know they, they they often don't handle it with care at all and they it's just it, not yeah you, they turn, you can't they turn it yeah, into click clickbait because yeah. they're selling an advertisement it's all about advertisement and you know it's like we don't have any advertisers <laughs> they kind no they agenda. both sides it they they kind of you can't really trust that you're, they're gonna deliver your message how you how you want it to do, to be delivered so i don't i don't blame you for not wanting to talk to fucking rolling stone i know yeah um, but you know i mean rolling stone did write a story about this right and it did mm-hmm. reach people and i feel like they from what i remember um reading i feel like they did portray the victims mm-hmm. in a favorable light and you know put out that you know burger doing what they did you know trying to rebrand and then canceling the entire label outright it's like you know it's pretty seems pretty guilty it's not really uh it's not like they're really hiding it or taking the accountability or zero tolerance policy that they made 
you know yeah no it's well, I'm not, Jessa I'm not, wrote that oh yeah there you go you know <laughs> there's a certain point at which you cannot hide behind anything else like this story is so fucking massive that it's not one person's word versus someone else which you often see in like individual cases of of abuse this is thousands of people <laughs> against thousands of other you know what i mean it's like it's it's so massive that it's it, you can't you can't uh play defense for you know and just and just be you know combating what's being alleged against you 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 have to to cop to something eventually and what you've been describing is this kind of perverse shift of stance to say wow yeah we are going to you know stand up for victims we are going to do this you know that's that's what we care about right now and it's it's complete bastardization of like the language of of this stuff it, it's it's actually in, in my opinion worse <laughs> than just outright denying that anything happened at all it's 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 disgusting because you know that people are going to see that and believe them that they're telling the truth and that because that's what people want to hear. It's that they we are taking responsibility for this, but I, there, I, I just don't think you can. It's it, it's just not trustworthy. You know, if the entire tree is rotten, there's nothing left to salvage from it. It's like a hydra. You know what I mean? It's I mean, like, it's not even one tree. I mean, like, look at the growlers. It's like they're arguing arguably one of the biggest bands that has been accused of things and they're not only affiliated with burger i feel like they put out stuff on other labels and they've reached mm -hmm. other audiences and it's like only their first comments back were like oh you know we've been a band for a long time we've had a lot of members come and go like we've kicked people out certain times for different things and then like they made another apology post like two days ago or something kicking out one of the original members but the main dude brooks or whatever he's still being accused of a lot of shit and he's still like it's like all just to keep the machine of the money going because what are what are they going to do next if this yeah, falls they apart? try to bury bury the lead they say i'm um, sorry about this one guy we're kicking him out and right it's, that's all they want to do and, you know, it's reached to other audiences like, you know, the Black Lips have had call outs and they're affiliated, but they're also affiliated with other labels. And I noticed them arguing like them and one specific member of the band arguing from his personal account on like Black Lips posts before they like locked their comments or whatever yeah. and like yelling at people being like, where's the proof? Come on, like and shit like that. And I took screenshots I'm pretty of that. sure. Yeah. Is mm -hmm. that Cole? Cole. Yeah. Okay. Cole was literally in my DMS when I was 17. That's and, what I'm saying. And my friend's DMS. So. <clears throat> yeah. And I know that affi they're, they're affiliated <laughs> with like Meltasia and Andy animal who recently made a statement like saying that he did some messed up shit, but like underselling like, 100% of the things that he's done like uh so you know I took screenshots of like what the Cole and like the Black Lips official account were replying to people and I sent it to Fire Records who 
is like a British label. They mostly do a lot of like reissues of like really cool experimental, like psychedelic artists and Black Lives releases music on them. And I was like, hey, like this is how Black Lives are replying to comments of victims of abuse at the hands of their members and they're silencing people and demanding proof and cursing at people and telling them to fuck off basically. And, uh, this is how your band that you that represent your label are like responding to people publicly. Like, I know you're going to see this, like, let me know if you see this, I know you're going to see it, but respond. And like, of course, Fire Records never said anything back, which sucks because I own a lot of records that they put out and I mm. like music that they put out. But it's like, man, this is a band that's currently signed to your label and this is how they're treating people that are coming forward. Do something like you have money invested in them. You're going to lose money because they're clearly like abusive. <laughs> like they're yeah. defending themselves in an abusive manner. Yeah. Like, do something and that message has never been seen officially yet so that was weeks ago um wow. it's reaching yeah. crazy groups you know absolutely yeah so i was gonna ask you moving forward from after starting the count talking to jesser or whatever where that's taken you um <laughs> i i mean jessa texted me and I, I got back to her. She, but she's been, she's been hitting up someone who wrote an article about this, trying to make amends with me. Um, mm -hmm. I think she still wants to insert herself, despite everything. You know, she, she want. I don't know what she wants, but I know she is trying to contact me and, um, I guess like go through a mediator to. Mm -hmm. Um, like make amends and she's you know she's offering resources um but i i i just really like distrust jessa i mean she she told me she wouldn't be working with uh sean and lee anymore on the phone with me at one point and then the next thing i see is she's she's the interim president <laughs> hmm yeah so i'm i have no like I don't want anything to do with Jessa, to be completely mm. honest. I I think that what she did made things so much worse and so much more re-traumatizing. I wouldn't have been in the traumatized state that I was, like basically like battling her PR moves. You know? Like yeah. had, she was making the moves and I had to respond to them to protect potential victims yeah yeah it's it's about trauma for me like i i haven't had a normal adulthood i'm 24 and i have spent my entire early adulthood trying to recover from experiences i have had um and a lot of those pertain to being preyed on by men from a young age, um, and not being protected. Um, so I, you know, I, I channel that because I, I wasn't protected and mm -hmm. like, I know that there's, there's more people who are, are vulnerable and, 
it's just, it's not something to stay silent about. And I understand saying staying silent because I was, I was ashamed for years. I mean, even as a child, like it, it's so much deeper than this one experience I had as a 17 year old. And I think like people who are preyed on and people who are targeted by abusers have similar experiences where it, you know, it's, it's easy to doubt the self and doubt like the reality of the situation, especially when you're being manipulated because you're vulnerable. It's just, I mean, it was a scene flooded with abusers and the same cycles will continue until they don't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause it feels, it feels very similar to like, even like early pop punk scenes, you know what I mean? Like even like warp tour circuit stuff where it's, it's like, mostly drawing like teenagers and stuff like that and you you almost don't even feel surprised when you find out someone in one of those bands has been abusive to like minors you know it's it's very much it's and i wonder sometimes like i mean i i very briefly like looked up like lyrics of some of like these bands music and it's very like it just it feels so much like a lot of the men in these bands are like trying to hold on to some sort of like youth or something that they think they've lost. It's it, it, it's same kind of thing with pop punk where you have like people who are like in their late twenties writing songs that are targeted for teenagers, just like being in spaces with teenagers. It just ends up. It's wild. To it's, me. Yeah. It's a recipe. It's not the most eloquent way to put disaster. it, but yeah. Yeah. No, but I mean, it's the same idea. It's the same thing. For sure. It's calculated like at the end of the day, you know, uh, at a certain point, once they've been doing it long enough, like even Warp Tour ended after like all these allegations, but like 10 years into it. So like how old were the people that started doing it when they started by the time they ended? It's like probably in their like 40s or some shit, you know, mm-hmm. like you got to know better by then. You know what you're doing. Right. Yeah. And I think that's the case with exploitation is they know, they knew that there was going to be more 14, more 15 year olds, 17 year olds who were 17, 18 year olds who were embarrassed to ever be involved with Burger Records. That's, that's the case for a lot of my friends who were preyed on and then outgrew the scene and like looking back, they they're just like, fuck, I don't want I don't want anyone to know I had anything to do with this label because mm. they're a joke. And this I mean, even before, um, you know, all of this stuff came out, that that was the vibe. I mean, you, you mm-hmm. mentioned like on, online, you know, um, they were made fun of, um, you know, people would make memes and stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, it it's the teeny bop like they would they would use the word teeny bopper all the time they're you know they're they would make pins i'm a burger girl i'm a burger boy um uh, permatine was the name that the word they used like uh in their i think like original pr for the label was like you know garage rock like permatines so no matter what age they were they were identifying as teenagers or with teenage like mindset twisted in yeah. mind yeah yeah they also described themselves as cultish um these <laughs> are great signs. healthy <laughs> no it's I okay because we're because we're because we're, we're joking about it guys we're joking about it it's fine 
Don't worry about it. Yeah. I mean, you know, basically hiding in plain sight. (laughs) I don't know. It's, it's weird. I looked at like a list of the artists that people have made allegations on the Lord by Burger account about, and it's like, you know, there's over like 10, 15, many of the artists from these late, like these bands have come forward and admitted to, uh, doing messed up things. It's, it's crazy. Like, uh, I read the no bunny admission and no refutation of anything like straight up admits to talking to underage girls and, you know, being inappropriate with them and ended the project. I thought that was the right thing to do, but why, if you knew you had this problem and you've been working on it in therapy for years, wait to end the project that allowed you to prey on these people until there was a movement coming forward that was outing you. Like Mm -hmm. if you knew you were doing bad things for a long time, as you claim, why even keep it going? Yeah. Cause it's, it's specifically using like the platform you create as a band as like the vehicle for the whole thing. You know, it's, it's, it's like, I don't know. I'm trying to even like come up with some sort of comparison. Well, it's, it's part and parcel with the entire scene. It's not, it's, they don't even, they don't even see it as like, it's just integral to the entire structure of it is like, that is the point, you know, that's, that's the type of people they draw in and retain are people who are interested in doing that stuff. And Mm -hmm. it just festers and like, they just, they just uh, protect each other. You know, yeah, and then you know you're, you're relying on the embarrassment and shame of people to not ever speak up about it, and so that's why you have hundreds of people speaking up all at once because none of them felt comfortable doing so beforehand until they heard someone else do it because it's terrifying. Right. Yeah, and you know, like a lot of these people, they start this account, like they start their band and their project, and it wasn't their intention to abuse people, but then they started getting attention and they started being lenient on understanding the power dynamics they have with people and they fall into this pattern and, you know, they do bad things. And then maybe like, let's say the case of no bunny, like the guy said, uh, he has been aware and has been like going to therapy and trying to work on it. And it's like, they think that it's devoid of the project. It's a different problem. They could keep the project going as long as they're personally working on these issues and they never have to like outwardly out themselves and associate themselves with like the music with the abuse until it's called upon. But it's like, you know that the musical project, whether you started it for that became a vehicle for it and people relapse into problems they've had in the past like you know people they hold themselves accountable and work on it are capable of change but there's always the possibility of relapse and if you keep the music project going no matter how hard you're working on it if you're addicted to having sexual relationships with minors there's always the possibility 
that you're going to do it again and keeping the lines of communication between underage fans and your music project when you know that you have this problematic addiction why why leave it open if you know that the problem end it and sever all the communications between your ability to cause harm and put that on people if you can you know if you really care you really think that what you've done is terrible and you want to stop and work on it don't wait until you're publicly called out like that shows that you're only scared of the public's reaction, not that you actually feel bad about what you did, you know? I mean, that's very specific with that one artist, but a lot Mm -hmm. of these artists are counterclaiming and trying to fight back and say that they didn't do anything or that they didn't know that members of their band were doing bad things. And it's like, come on, y'all tour in like a, in like a hatchback together. Like they're texting right next to you. Like, Maybe they don't say everything sketchy that they're doing, but you end up at a venue and see them talking to some young girl. Like, you know what's going on. Come on. Like, don't, don't act like you didn't see it. There's too many people coming forward to the point that it was invisible to hide. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's clear that's the case. Like, especially yeah. at, Bur- at Burger Records, like, they were living at the shop there's someone living in a storage shed behind the shop, you know, bringing in underage girls to their storage shed. Like they were all partying together every day. We know that they were discussing what was going on. They were seeing it. They were, they were partaking. Um, I mean, it's, it's blatant. Yeah. <laughs> I, and they, they can, they can hide and they can like, you know, worry, worry when their time is coming you know, and they can like try and like make up these statements and, you know, say they've been in therapy. That no bunny person, I remember listening to his music when I was younger. I mean, there, there were lyrics even back then about him being a dirty old man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like he yeah. was self-aware. Right. He's one of the bigger artists too. Yeah. Yeah. I am taken aback and also, you know, looking at, statements from people that released things on the label that didn't know but stand with victims like you know i'm a fan of uh colleen green who's worked with a bunch of them she made a statement but even a lot of that i just don't understand how you could be around and release things on a label for years and play you know they did burgerama like this year john waters bikini kill there were huge artists who you know, the concert's canceled, they're no longer playing, but they haven't really, the Kimikil hasn't really released any statement on any of this, as mm-hmm. far as I've seen. It's like, you know, I get it. You get hit up by a booker, you play a festival, it's money, it's business, but at the end of the day, who are you supporting? You have to look at that and address it. You know, the people want to hear a statement on complicity in business crossing over with problematic behavior and you know no matter how much money you're offered why you should turn it down and speak out against problems you know yeah so now you've taken a break from 
the burger account, you know, just to work on mental health and stuff. I saw there's a lot of other accounts popping up. There's Lord by Lollipop Records, which I guess is somewhat affiliated with Burger. I was never really, I never really followed that label specifically. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're definitely affiliated. Um, a lot of Burger, Burger bands would play at Lollipop. Lollipop bands would play at Burger. And like similarly with their festivals, the two kind of coincided a lot, really similar sounds, but Lollipop's based out of LA and uh, Burger Records was based out of Orange County, California. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. And I see that there's other accounts. There's, you know, a lot that have popped up that, you know, you sent me that article recently that are, are named um, mostly for the LA community just to, anonymously report problematic musicians that have perpetrated abuse on random people. Um, I personally don't follow any of those accounts because they're survivor only spaces and I don't live in that community. There's no need for me to be involved, but I see, you know, a lot of work going into improving music communities and, DIY spaces that allow underage shows and stuff. And it's really great and really important that, you know, you kind of started this movement to let people feel a little bit safer uh, when it's been so rampant and so hard to come forward because it's been like a, like a soft boy garage rock boys club, you know? Uh, So, yeah, I just want to say it's, it's really great that you've been able to open up the conversation for people to come forward and out these untouchable like music commodities and communities that, you know, so often go un unpunished for terrible shit they do for years and years. Absolutely. I saw it time and time again. Um, Time and time again, yeah, I would see my friends get canceled or, you know, blacklisted for coming out about abuse they experienced mm-hmm. all the time throughout the years since I was a teenager. You know, my I had friends who would come out about abuse and they would be scared to go to a show mm-hmm. because of the way they were responded to. And that that was the norm. Like <laughs> it was the norm for survivors to be exiled from scene that's that was actually the norm like Mm -hmm. like abuse was rampant and normal but anyone speaking out was not supported especially if you know the perpetrator had clout and social social protection abusers aren't going to be abusive to everyone of course they're going to be charming and you know have their not always but a lot of the time they will have their like the social capital to keep up the the abuse and like the mm-hmm. using of others to meet their needs. Mm-hmm. Right. It's a, it's narcissistic personality disorder often. And, you know, it's fueled by reception. So once you have a band and you have fans, you have that, like that, that like uh source. right and and it reaffirms the fact that like 
people are interested in you and what you're doing and you're kind of like the focus of everything and you tear through it. It's like, Oh, I was talking to this girl and this girl and this girl. And you know, it's just a new way to meet their like ego and sexual needs. You know, they probably have never been able to fulfill that until they had this. And that was their means. It was like a psychological way of getting by, but in the wake of that, they're leaving all these victims that are feeling used, obviously, because they are being, and even worse yet, it's like the music and the culture and the scene was perpetuated on young, naive, like easy targets, you know, people that are not, you know, people that are innocent and not, expecting to be taken advantage of in that way and finding like a community like you find this community and you trust the community and the people and you know they're reaching out on social media talking every day to these people that often don't have um you know friends or like important adult role models and creating like a codependent relationship where you think you can trust them and then exploiting it and then ghosting on these people. And it's like, you know, it, it's like they don't even see these victims as people. It's just on to the next with some clout shit. And, uh, you know, the only way to stop that pattern is to take away the only power they have, which is like minor celebrity and shut down like any release of music that they have, any stream that they can like reach more people especially these people that you know started a lot of the accounts are like people that were abused like four or five years ago that were like you know 15 or 16 and the abusers were like 28 or 29 it's like they're in their mid 30s now you know and they're still profiting off this shit it's crazy right. yeah i i often think about how you know, I was like miserable, you know, as a teen and these men who were preying on me were, you know, traveling the world. Like they were like seriously across, across the world doing the same shit to other 16 year olds. Mm-hmm. Like I have a friend who lives in Sweden. I was talking to there's someone who was lured into the back of burger records and, um, their roommate in Sweden has always lived in Sweden knows in Sweden that burger records has a reputation for being fucking creepy. Yeah. In Sweden, they know. Mm -hmm. So how is it that Lee and Sean were trying to tell me that they didn't know what was going on in the place they lived? Yeah. It's crazy. It's absurd. It makes, It it makes you feel crazy. It's crazy. When they're to tell you that stuff. I mean, yeah, it's it's textbook gaslighting, but it's like, could they even convince themselves that nothing was happening? You can't. I feel like it's impossible. I don't think they thought that nothing was happening. I think they just thought it was like, okay, and not like they think it's okay. They think, and they're they're pissed that they're getting called out about it because they think it's okay. Right. That's what I. That's what I think. And they might they, they they know that that won't fly as a as a defense. So they say, "Oh well, we didn't know." Mm-hmm. Well, right. you did know. You did know. 
Well, I mean, and there were, you know, there were people that were inner within bands, you know, people that were in bands that were abused by their band members. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, one of the first people I, from what I read um, to come forward was Clem from Cherry Glazer. And I believe her, the bandmate was, went on to be in the Buttertones, if I'm correct. Yes. And, uh, you know, it, ha- it happened to artists on their label, not only fans, but people that made money for them and got paid through them. You know, it, it's not even just like a couple fans that came to the, the store, not even to mention that the store was basically aesthetically set up for teenagers with like bubble wrap and all kinds of like, you know, like like uh juno style like <laughs> juno nick and Nora's infinite playlist style like aesthetic through the whole store mm. there were cats uh, i mean yeah. i would I, I would go in there and pet cats yeah mm. <laughs> and the owner lived at the store if i'm correct right he lived in the back room or something or nearby um, yeah yeah so it's like you're mixing your home with a safe haven for teens. I, I worked at a record store, you know, the entire point of the store, the owner always like pushed on people was like, this is supposed to be like someone's home away from home. When they walk into the record store, you want them to feel like they're walking into like their living room with their friends where they can just start a conversation with anyone about music and it's like chilling on the couch, you know? So to have a store which obviously every record store is striving for that because that's the vibe record stores are meant to have starting a a place of business with the objective of making people feel comfortable and at home centered around teens when you're not a teen and then pushing your music on them, which, you know, good or bad music, it's it's written specifically for teen audiences. Like the lyrics Mm -hmm. of some of these artists are like, teen songs even though the people are like 28 or whatever oh yeah which is fine to like you know music industry is geared towards young people young people buy the most music i get it when you're like also engaging and hanging out at the place that facilitates your ability to sell that type of music and then like drinking and smoking pot in the back room with underage people 24 7 like Casey, you said there's a show every day of the week with, you know, between one and 40 burger record bands. It's like, someone is going to take advantage. Someone is going to prey on innocent people. And it appears like it wasn't just someone. It was, you know, 20, 15, 20 plus people over the years and people were complicit in it. People have come forward saying they were complicit in it, that they've left bands. I believe you had someone share, I think it was someone named Kyle, if I'm correct, from one of the bands Mm -hmm. come forward. Yeah. Yeah. I would see their bands play at a lot of burger shows. Um, Kyle was especially affiliated with Nartapes, which, um, you know, bands like White Fang, uh, The Memories, Love Cop, um, it, I mean, it was just like this, these hand, a handful of men from Portland who I now know were basically 
like kicked out of Portland for allegations of abuse. They move to LA, they get a record shop in Los Angeles. So th- there's a, there's a shop there. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard a I haven't heard a peep from them. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they haven't posted anything. Nar tapes. Yeah. Oh yeah. There, I mean, I, years ago I heard stories about, you know, 16 year olds being lured into their vans. So <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, they know, they know what's, what's to come. They know what they've done. All these bands do like, it's just, it, it's crazy. Like seeing how the abusers will respond and seeing like the mini, the manipulation and them just like trying to turn back on old tricks, but Mm -hmm. it's just, we can see it. We can, we can see it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the the sheer volume is enough to make you question the sincerity of of anything. You know what I mean? It's like I don't know. It's 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 really depressing to think about it like this. But it's not just one person's account. It's not just one record label's account. Mm-hmm. It's potentially like every place where there's even a semblance of a dynamic of power like this where Absolutely. this can happen and i think that i think in a lot of a lot of discussions about this stuff is centered around one particular person or group or company or gathering of people be- you know because the people involved have that first hand knowledge and you see these like smaller discussions happening like we need to combat you know sexual assault in xyz space we need to combat this in this industry we need to combat this in in whatever you know this person did this thing and it's important to get surgical like that and it's important to like see exactly what's happening um but it's not just one person or one record label or like one even genre of music you know it's it's all it's everywhere with any power dynamic like that any place where someone has influence over people especially really young people who don't know better and are are able to be preyed on there is a high potential for that happening and i think that it's really it's really depressing to look at it like that because then you i don't know it's like where is there anywhere safe but like i think that's the i think that's like the violent truth of it is like this it's like it's uh, it's it's i don't even know i don't even know how to end that thought but i i think it's depressing to look at like that but it also shows that if you're part of any community or any like social group like you know you're in a fandom of a record company or a band or anything it's your responsibility now to know that it's everywhere and look for it. And if you see something, yeah. fucking say something because, you know, people are more likely if you're, you know, cis male and your friend is doing something fucked up, speak out about it, tell them, you know, make them know that you see it and that, you know, if they keep doing it, that, you know, people are going to find out and put you on blast for it and make them, see their problematic behavior because people don't even know that they're doing something fucked up and maybe help them understand that what they're doing is wrong and you can change them and help in a way, you know, because it happens everywhere. 
And everyone that's doing something knows somebody that sees something. And, you know, if you know what's right, speak up because you can help stop future abuse from happening. You know, it happens everywhere. For sure. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it happens. It happens in the meme community. Like Jacob and I are part of the meme community. People have been called out. Content mm-hmm. Zone famously taken down for talking to underage girls and shit like that. Like, you know, if you if someone is doing something fucked up, call them out. Message them. Like, try to help them understand that what they're doing is wrong. And you know, if they're willing to work on it and take accountability. They should. And you I, would even, I would go a step further than that. I don't. I, I think there's a lot of. Um, I think a lot of people want to have a good faith uh, back and forth with these people, um, but as we have seen, that is often not effective and only uh, causes them to change their tactics and right. reposition themselves. And sometimes the only way to make meaningful change is to completely shut it down, as we have right. seen with the burger record. So mm-hmm. I think. As optimistic as you want to be that people are willing to change, I think that's a very optimistic way to look at it. And I I think that if people are entrenched in this behavior, they're not looking to change anytime soon. And that I think that it's important to not excuse their behavior, you know. Right. Sure. But calling them out is part of the accountability process. Having them publicly admit that they've been taking advantage of their position of power and what they're going to do to work on it. And, you know, typically that means retire whatever outlet they've been using, mm-hmm. which if they refuse to do that is obviously a red flag that at some point they want to return to something evil that helped them get to a place of power. It's all, you know, all you can do is hope that people are going to work on themselves and see what they've done is wrong. And if not, at least they're exposed. So people have the knowledge to avoid, you know, dangerous people. And that's the most important thing is protecting people from getting hurt further. And why coming forward is so important and brave to do because, you know, even Casey, we asked like how you wanted to be referred in this, like whether you wanted to be anonymous or not, because, you know, it's dangerous to come forward. Sometimes a lot of these abusers are very dangerous people. They know what they're doing and they have plans on how to fight back and discredit. And some of these people are violent, you know, and can't be trusted. Mm-hmm. And the hope is that the public call out will hold them to accountability and that they'll work on it. And that's all you can do, you know, if not, let them like fall into obscurity, but at least they won't be able to use that platform anymore. To find more people right yeah i mean the the ideal situation for these people who are abusers is like to deplatform and come to terms with like what they've done like through like transformative justice within their community like like if there are people in a community who are willing to like help them in like re like so they can like hold themselves accountable in a genuine way Like, okay, yeah, like, I don't think, like, most of the time, I don't think people should be, like, canceled into oblivion. Like, I mean, there's many cases where, like, there's no, like, people aren't willing to change and, Mm -hmm. like, fuck them for real. Yeah. Um, Yeah. 
but I think there's, you know, if, if somebody is like genuinely willing to like rehabilitate themselves, then I think that like, I think anyone can change, like anyone can like, you know, work with their neuroplasticity and like change habits and understanding Mm -hmm. of themselves in ways that can like not harm. Yeah. Right. And that's personal work. That's not for the public. Like those people retire the band of the project and they go work on that by themselves and make new relationships with people based on that work they've done. You know, like this is all personal, like end the project, anyone that had a pre-existing relationship with these people, if they continue to follow them on their private platforms can see if they're publicly being transparent with the accountability work they're doing, but they should no longer have any type of platform like rooted in any way in the place that they perpetrated their abuse on people. You know, I think people can work on themselves and get better, but that's a personal journey and they have to do that without trying to be famous anymore. They're no longer, they no longer have the power to be public figures. They've Mm -hmm. abused the public and have lost that. If they want to work on themselves as people and grow, that's, that's what they should be doing from a genuine place as a person, not as a musician, mm-hmm. you know, and they should step out yeah. of the music world, you know, cause that's that accountability work is for the rest of their life. It's like being a, an addict. Like you go to AA forever because you're always an addict. You know, ne- you always are working on it. You're never cured. So it's like, that's lifelong for the rest of these people. And it should happen if they really care about getting better, regardless of any intention to do any public performance or music, that should no longer be a goal in their life because they've ruined the opportunity they had, you know, they're no longer trustworthy. And I think a lot of the resistance too ends up being kind of grounded in narcissism. Like you see these people who kind of do try to rebuke stuff and like, don't want to like shut down the platform they have don't want to actually like spend that it's because at the end of the day like they're just addicted to that kind of feedback loop they had in music or like with like meme people like being like posting things and getting stuff there it, it ends up falling into narcissism mm-hmm. you know what i mean absolutely yeah yeah it's all about addiction to like social media and serotonin boost of like someone messaging you or liking a post or something. And, you know, that is bad. You know, people, I am guilty of it. Like anyone that posts on social media with the intention of getting likes, which is anyone is guilty of that, but that's part of society and your likes shouldn't be perpetuated on an image that is false to the public, especially if it's dangerous, you know, and mm-hmm. people need to take accountability for that and you know leave leave that platform behind because at the end of the day if they're addicted to that abuse cycle they're going to fall back into it and they need to step aside and do personal work and seek therapy and work on why they're like this and what they can do to be better if they really care you know a lot of people are say that they will take accountability but they're not transparent with the methods they take and you know, they keep their platform going. They're like, you know, I'm going to therapy and there's never a follow-up. And the people that don't 
buy it, unfollow, and then they gain new followers and keep them at the same level of visibility platform-wise, and they even keep growing just without the people that disagree, and they just keep finding new people that don't know what they've done because they no longer address what they've done. Like, the Growlers, like, what, they said they've had, like, seven members leave or 12 members or something, and it's, like, because they've done something fucked up. Just end the fucking project, you know? Just end it. Like, if there's bad stories associated with the Growlers from eight years ago, and then there's, like, a handful from recently, it's like, well, clearly you guys haven't fucking solved the problem. And I don't bring them up. They're, they're a band that I hear people, like, we, the three of us, the hosts, we live in New York, and, like, you know, I work in bars, and, like, I have had coworkers in the past that love the Growlers and play them all the time and shit. And it's, like, it goes further than the perimeter of Burger Records in that California area. It's everywhere. It's fucking everywhere. Yeah. You know? So, Casey, is there anything, any closing thoughts you have? Um you know, I know your main objective now is to uh, mentally and emotionally recover from the extended days-long deluge of traumatic information your way. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to know if you have any final thoughts, maybe stuff that wasn't brought up that you wanted to talk about, or just a closing thought. Uh, sure, thanks. Um, nothing is coming up right now. I like This was a great conversation. Um, I personally like don't even know where to start for the next steps. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's up to everyone in their communities. You know, it's, this is a community oriented, um, issue. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I, I like, I really just hope that this, this situation will encourage people to, um, you know, stay hyper vigilant for younger people and those who may be vulnerable. Um, you know, like take a step back from the gatekeeping and this like like scene clout and um, you know, acknowledge like the young people who are upholding the scene mm-hmm. most most often. Um and, you know, just look out and protect them, like acknowledge their existence and like, you don't even have to talk to them, but just like be aware of what the people around you are doing. Yeah. Um, and, and look out because th- there's just so many people who worked in music, you know, telling me, oh my gosh, I had no idea. I worked with this person for years. I had no, no idea. I went to shows. I went to like, you know, these shows all the time, no idea, but it's just, it's, it's hard for me to look back and like, think about all of the men who were, you know, talk, talking to me at shows at, mm-hmm. as I was like a, clearly a 16 year old girl, nobody's saying mm-hmm. anything. So yeah, yeah, I like, like hyper vigilant, like you're not even hyper vigilance, but just like, like plain old vigilance. <laughs> like and concerned. Open like, your eyes. Yeah, you you <laughs> can't pretend like your scene is clean you, automatically. You know what I Work mean? Look out like, for your community. Yeah. People like, people want to act like you know. You hear these stories and you're like, wow, I'm glad glad the scene I'm in doesn't have any of these problems. Uh, you might not be so sure about that. 
mm-hmm. because right. it exists in every every scene in, in some way or another, or it potentially could. Absolutely. Uh, I want to say thank you so much, Casey, for coming on. And, um, you know, we're with you and we stand with all the victims and support everyone coming forward with their story. Thank you so much. It's been so awesome talking with you guys. Like, seriously, thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, thank you for coming um, on. It means means a lot to to hear hear what you have to think firsthand. It's a uh, not not an easy thing to talk about, but we really appreciate it. For sure. Thank you for allowing me the space. Seriously, of course. it's been it's been really nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's great to hear. Yeah, glad it was sure. glad it was good. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And any, anyone listening, um, you want to follow the account? Uh, I think the account's taking a hiatus, but at some point there may be more poster information is at uh, Lord underscore by underscore burger underscore records on Instagram. And uh, yeah, thank you so much. It's been great. Um, Bye guys. Thank you. Bye. Thank Thank you. you. Bye.